0: Hi, I'm Jeannie Becker. Welcome to Beyond Style Matters. I've spent decades working in fashion's trenches, seen the best and the worst of human style, and had the opportunity to get up close and personal with some of the world's most intriguing characters. What I've learned about truly great style is that it goes far beyond what we wear. It's about the way we move through the world. On this episode, I talk with daytime soap star Jacqueline McInnes-Wood of The Bold and the Beautiful fame. For fans of the long-running soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful that celebrated its 33rd anniversary this year, young women don't get much more glamorous than the gorgeous character of Steffi Forrester. With a global audience of over 35 million fans, the role of the beloved Steffi has been played for the past 12 years by Windsor, Ontario native Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, who won a Daytime Emmy last year for her passionate performance. Portraying the head of a fictional fashion house comes naturally to Jacqueline, or Jackie as friends call her. The 30-something style maven is a mega fashion fan herself, with regular jaunts to Milan fashion week in the past, and eye-popping posts on Instagram, expertly modeling some of the most exquisitely daring duds imaginable. But Jackie's glossy glam image, so brilliantly staged for the camera, is a far cry from her humble Canadian beginnings and the tough road she hoed on her way to success. And these days, living in LA and married to a handsome top agent at CAA, Jackie's also the proud mother of a darling little boy named Rise, with another baby due in March. It's a juggling act she handles with grace and aplomb, and one she might have found more difficult to perform had she not been so refreshingly down to earth. Jacqueline mcinnes I am so thrilled to welcome you to this episode of Beyond Style Matters. What a joy it is to see your incredible face, to hear your voice, to know that you're out there alive and well in the wilds of LA because we worry about you sometimes. How's it going?
1: (laughs) Oh, it's, it's, it's going, it's going, you know, it's I know it's an extremely tough year for so many people, um, but you know we're just pushing through as much as we possibly can. Uh, very excited to get back to Canada and, and see my family. Yeah, you know, I'm very excited, but uh, obviously right now I'm, I'm in the middle of filming. So, And I know in Canada has the 14-day quarantine phase. So it'll be a little while once I have uh, some time Uh, off my show, I'll be coming back and seeing everyone. But okay, I have to stop for a second because first and foremost, (laughs) I am so thrilled to be doing your podcast. This truly is a bucket list check for me. I have always been a huge fan, sincerely, of you for many, many years. And I really believe that you inspired me and you propelled me to go into the entertainment industry. You were my go-to for everything, and I, like I said, I, I truly believe that um, you know you were you played a big role in what I do now.
0: I'm just blown away because you know, <laughs> as uh, I, I must explain. Dear Uncle Ian is uh, my life partner, and uh, we've only been together five years, and I remember the first night I met Ian, he talked to me about you. I, I was so blown away by how proud he was of you, and it also made me realize that he would understand show business, maybe, because he had someone in the family that had really taken the bull by the horns and taken the plunge and gone to L.A. and really... Gotten into showbiz in such a big way?
1: Yes, absolutely. Of course, I was. I was so thrilled when I heard that my uncle was dating you, and now <laughs> I can call you Auntie Jeannie. It's uh, obviously it's uh, so wonderful having you in our family. You're so additive in so many ways, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's nice when you are with somebody who understands the industry you, we've all been there with somebody who think, oh, maybe, maybe they're going to understand it. Maybe they're going to understand my schedule or have the confidence to let me do my thing. And it's, it's nice when you do find your your soulmate and your twin flame, uh, and I, I can see that with you too. You, you you truly are soulmates. It's such a you you are you complement each other in such a beautiful way. Uh, but it is it's, it's so important to have somebody in your life who sees your blind spots, who gets your job, and you know you have that go getter mentality, and so do I. And you need somebody there who supports it and compliments it.
0: Now, not too long ago, you, uh, met your soulmate. You're, uh, you're with a wonderful guy who's in the business too, on the other end of the business in like management. He's a, a really hot agent, uh, in LA. So that obviously has been a great bonus for the way you choose to live and, the, and, and the comfort level at which you can really dive into your lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. When we met, uh, um... We just kind of put it out out on the table what we wanted, what our morals, what we stood for, what we wanted in our lives. Instead of just kind of saying, "Oh, you hike, I hike. Oh, that's cool." And even though you don't hike, or I like that sports game, it was just so true and authentic. And within the third date, I the first date, I, I, I kind of knew. Although I did have a few drinks, and I thought, "Well, do I know, or is it the wine or the alcohol?" I don't know. <laughs> but by date day three date three, I uh, I definitely knew this was uh, my person. And but it is it is a dance, you know, during uh, COVID and, and lockdown, and you know how to make those nights special and uh, still be present with one another. And but we just made it a point to really connect with one another. And hey, when you were doing it weekly and you're like, what else do we need to say? What else is really going on? And we find a YouTube and we would do, you know, salsa, salsa dancing and we try to learn something. So we tried to make it, we tried to make it special. And now that things have uh, some of the things are opening up, it is, it's nice to go out to dinner again and really dress up. Because, you know, obviously these Zooms are, it's great. It was fine at the beginning and being, having that connection. But you really need that sense of community, uh, not just with your spouse, but with other people. And I think that's really important. Uh, But yeah, the Zooms were a bunch of blazers and sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) Basically still wearing. You've always been such a a fashion enthusiast.
0: I mean, obviously dressing up, you, you understand what, the act of dressing up really can do uh, for the spirit and for the soul. And because you're an actor, you also understand the importance of costume. So when did that all start for you? When did you first fall in love with fashion? Because you strut it so magnificently. Anybody that follows you on Instagram is like, wow, what a fashion show it is with each and every post.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, of course, like I said, you were you know, my, my, my go-to and also my, my mom, you know, I remember watching her and she's, you know, my best friend. And I, I, I remember watching her get ready and she was in the casino industry at the time and it was male dominated. And she had this, like the short red hair, kind of the Annie Lennox look and then she'd have the suits on and it had this it was still sensual and sexy but androgynous and there was there, like the way she pulled it off was just incredible and i remember uh just lying in her bed and watching her get ready and i just i was in awe and i also noticed years later, you know, why she was doing that look. And it was because she was in this male dominated world and she wasn't trying to dress sexy, even though for me, I was like, wow, she's a powerhouse. That's she's a vibe as you can say. Um, But she was in, she was there to intimidate and she was a ball buster. And it's funny because I look back now and I realize that I kind of employed a little bit of that into my life in certain situations because you wear certain clothes, you're you're different characters, you're, I want to be a little stronger today, or even my first day of high school, I was terrified. I was so terrified. And I remember I just took on, you know what, I'm going to be a punk rocker skater. I dyed my blonde hair purple. I just wanted to intimidate people because basically I didn't want to get picked on. It still got picked, <laughs> picked why, on. But. Why would anybody pick on
0: you? I mean, what was was I there just, something weird about I, you?
1: <laughs> you know, I think um, I think yeah, every everybody kind of goes through it, and I, you know, I was definitely bullied, but you know, I tried to not let it affect me. My mom was always she always told me about you know affirmations and 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 loving myself as much as I possibly could, and as I know at moments it would definitely get. Hard, but my mom always said, Don't let anyone define you. And even though she would keep saying that to me, I'm like, Yeah, 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 okay. But really, really did stick with me. So, yeah, we, you know, I love the city I'm from. Uh, but you know, there's some people that were there and just didn't understand fashion. And if you wanted to dress a certain way, you were weird. And that's just who I was. I loved. I love pushing the envelope. I love taking risks. I never wanted to look back and think, Oh, I didn't do anything. You know, I should have tried this with my hair. I I should have done this. My mom was so supportive of saying, try it all. And I have to say, you know, by the time I got to 21, I was a little more, I still love to try a lot of things, but, uh, (laughs) I guess I'm more tame now because I got to try it all. Uh, but yeah, I still am pretty experimental and, I think that's it's such a beautiful time, just seeing the people that you look up to, and you know J Lo's, and you know in their fifties and sixties, and people are just still rocking it. I think it's such an exciting time.
0: When did you get the burning desire to take off for? L.A. or to even get into showbiz as seriously as you did, because that was at a pretty young age as well.
1: Yeah, I recall watching old movies uh, with my mom and watching Sophia Loren and Houseboat and uh, Goldie Hawn, and I just fell in love with them. There was they were so mesmerizing, their walk, the way they they act, everything. It just drew me in, and I remember thinking, oh, maybe I could try this. And I got into a few plays in in high school, but there was something so cathartic about it, especially when you're bullied, especially when, you know, I have an older sister, but she's she's my half sister, she's uh, much older. So I really didn't have a sibling to lean on and to talk to. So as an only child diving into uh, acting was, it was kind of my safe place. I was able to be emotional and to have these raw feelings, and like I said, it was very cathartic for me. There was like this release. It was really weird, and then I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with playing all of these different characters. And for people who know me, what you see is what you get. I'm a very like even keel, very easy going. I'm not a really emotional person, of course. Like I, 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 especially on my show now. I've been on my show twelve years. It's playing this character and I, I play all the emotions every single day. So I'm very Zen in my, my everyday life. So I just fell in love with uh, the art and, you know, my mom noticed it. And I think there was a fork in the road. And if I didn't go, it was I, one way or the other, because I was going down a, a bad place to a black place. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And my mom said, you know, if you want it, go for it because obviously there's a dead end here. And, you know, I took the leap. I remember just packing a bag and 17, 16, 17. And I, uh, drove to Toronto. I had no idea where I was going. And I remember like the first night I slept in my car and I just hit the streets. And I remember looking at so many apartments. I didn't really have a lot of money. Um, and, not to say my parents were so supportive, but they knew they wanted to give me some grit. And I'm so happy that they did because it it takes a lot to like phase me. I really, to really affect me. Uh, So I just kind of hit the pavement running and wrote, you know, a bunch of letters and uh, submitted them by mail and ended up finding an agent who's still my agent till this day in Canada. And, you know, you get a lot of no's, you get a lot of no's, but there was something that like, you know, I love my life now and I am so, so grateful. But those moments, that grit, that that the life that I was living there, you know, it made me who I am, you know, working the day-to-day, waitressing, bartending, living in little bachelor apartments, like on top of stores on Queen Street, eating mustard sandwiches because I was too embarrassed to tell my parents I didn't have enough money. But it was so awesome and taking the subway and I would skateboard everywhere and skateboard in my my auditions and, you know, it was tough, but it was so, I, I, again, I'm so grateful for those moments and it made me even more fearless. I was able to take the leap. And so then there was, you know, there wasn't a lot of work at the time in Toronto. And my agent said, you know what, I think you should go to Vancouver. And I sold all of my stuff and I I just moved. And I lived there for a few months, about like eight months. I booked one thing, and after, I think it was one or two things, and then right after that, uh, it was around pilot season, and that was they got the call again from my agent, and he said, You know what? You know, things are again slow in Vancouver. Why don't you take the leap and go down to uh, Los Angeles? And I just said, hey, Okay, because you're at that age. I was, you know, it was 2021. 20, Uh, and I just thought, all right, why not? Now I go, wait a minute, let's think about this, but we're not working on that part of the brain yet. So I was just so impulsive and so ready. And maybe I was green, but I don't care. But the other thing about going to a different country is with Canada, like you have to work hard. You can't just go in, you have to get your visas and all of these different things to work in a different country. So, uh, we really have to hone our skills and be ready for it. You can't just, oh, I'm in LA and hopefully it all works out. I had no idea where I was going. I remember just getting, I was so green that I got into the taxi in Los Angeles and I said, Los Angeles, please. <laughs> and they were just looking like, I didn't even know any pockets, like the West Hollywood, the Hollywoods, Beverly Hills. And I remember him taking me to basically Melrose in Fairfax, which is like the West Hollywood area, went and got to an internet cafe because we couldn't get things off of our phone and finding a a roommate and making it work. (laughs) Before you landed that kind of plum
0: gig on The Bold and Beautiful, you were involved in some interesting other shows, shows like uh, Party On and Hockey Wives. You know, as someone who was serious about the art of acting, because you really, you know, got it. It was something that I think, you know, intellectually, and obviously you're a very smart person, like you understood the power of of what this whole art form was that you were getting into. Yet, obviously, you know, you would have to do these other jobs sometimes that probably, you know, didn't tax you in that way. Um, But they were giving you on-camera experience. How did you get your head around some of those shows? Or did you just, you know... Were you just thrilled that you were doing them because it was a laugh?
1: I I think well uh, with Party on I think it happened at, it was the right time. I was actually a big fan of Wild on uh, when Brooke Burke hosted, and I'm a truly I'm a, tr- a true believer in manifestation and putting things out there. And I was in a relationship that it wasn't the best relationship, and I I. Just needed some space i was I wasn't working on the on bold and beautiful at the time, and I got this call to do a party on it was basically travel the world for three to six months and I thought, you know what oddly enough, I put this on my vision board. I put all of these places on my vision board and now Looking back, it, so much of that has come true. Uh, and I just felt it was so needed for me. And it's good, too. I mean, I I love being on my show. I love being on The Bold and Beautiful. But when you're on a show for that long, fans can actually think that you are that character. And I've heard horror stories of people, you know, stalking and calling the show. And luckily that I haven't had those issues, which is wild to be because my character is... <laughs> crazy sometimes, but I. This is where my love hate relationship comes with social media. Because if I didn't have social media, they would only see this one character, and it was really nice that people say, "Oh, Stevie's being crazy, but that's not Jackie. Jackie's cool, and she's a free spirit." And it was so doing party on. It was another version of me. It's like these people got to see Jackie and and traveling with me every show is completely different. Um, you know, of course ours is a a different medium. Uh, and we have people from all walks of life on our show from movies to prime time. And, uh, but again, it's, it's tough. It's tough because we're filming, you know, the most I've done six episodes in a day. Whereas, you know, people do, you know, an episode, one episode a week. So, I also learned from that not to be hard on myself because I remember getting on the show and three episodes in, like I had that dialogue ready to go because I had it for two weeks because they were still figuring out if I was going to do the show. So those first three episodes, great. And then come the weekend, Saturday, they gave me 12 episodes, eight or 12 episodes for the next week. And I felt like for the next three years, I felt like I was drowning. Like (laughs) it was, you know, I'm also a recast of a character from, you know the ten years before that, and uh, yeah, it was it was difficult. But again, now I, I love being on it. I love being on our show for so many reasons. I mean, it's amazing that my character she is the CEO of a fashion house in Los Angeles. So we do a lot of fashion shows, and the wardrobe room is incredible. It's I mean I've been, I grew up watching Golden Beautiful. My family watched it, so. I was drooling when I went into the wardrobe. Oh my goodness! It's it's everything. They've like they've kept everything in pristine condition. From the show's been on since nineteen eighty seven, and you there's all these ladders that you can climb up and just pull anything you want. There's of course a section completely for wedding dresses, which is amazing. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 glamorous. It's raw. It's it's a lot of things, but. You know, very blessed and, you know, now with uh, a toddler and one on the way, it's nice to be able to work in Los Angeles and be close to my family.
0: Every great conversation needs a pause. So, this is the perfect time to talk to you about our sponsor, TSC, who, without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Now, as you might know, I've covered the catwalks of Paris, Milan, New York, and London. And so, you might ask, why have I partnered with a retailer like TSC, today's shopping choice? Well, I believe great fashion should be accessible to everyone. And TSC.ca is home to some amazing designers, wonderful Canadians like Brian Bailey, Kim Newport-Mimran of Pink Tartan fame, and Hilary Macmillan, as well as quality brands like Lamarck and Ron White Shoes. It's one-stop shopping for everything you need to make your own style statement. And of course, TSC offers so much more than mere fashion shoptsc.ca and discover some great brands at some great prices. I mean, I dated an actor for a while. I was an actress myself. I mean, that's how I started in show business. I started acting professionally when I was 16 years old. The roller coaster nature of that business. um, I mean, you know, whether you have a gig or not, you know, whether you're employed or not, I I still think because you're always dealing with emotions. I mean, you're always dealing with creative expression in that way. And you always want to you know, rise to the surface to put your your most uh, poignant self out there. In a sense, yeah. it's, it, it can be a very crazy-making business.
1: It can be a crazy-making business, absolutely. And that, of course, you hear so many people go, "Oh, actors are crazy." And I know I'm Canadian. We're celebrated for being nice, and that's amazing. But I think I, I, I the one thing my mom always said is, "Never wish your life away." And I think we've. So many people do that. And I watch so many people around me do that. There's a lot of my friends who are, you know, so successful and they're constantly wanting more. And if you just take that moment to live in gratitude, your whole life will shift. Your it's everything kind of shifts around you. Uh what you appreciate appreciates. And I've I've always kept that with me because my mom said, you don't wish your life away. Everyone thinks, oh, well, once I get that award or once I get the other TV show or once I get this character or this movie, then I'll be truly happy. Well, there's beautiful things that happen around us all the time. And so we usually push back on those people. And I say, what are the most amazing things that happened to you this year? You know, and it's kind of, it's like they've forgotten all about that they're constantly chasing, chasing it. And I just, I won't be like that. I, I, I've, you know, I've had moments of, okay, I'm going to get on it. And, but you when you work on a bunch of stuff, I've worked on primetime, I've worked on movies and I gotta say, I love my This We have such a great energy there. And uh yeah, I, I'm very lucky to have such a, a wonderful job, but yeah, when you wish your life away, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. And yeah, it's important to just be grateful. How
0: did having rise change you? Having having a baby and now you know working on number two. Wow, I I, I know you know as a a working mom because you know I went back to work like a two and a half weeks after uh, oh my both babies were born. But but that be, because maybe that was back in the day when people could threaten you and they could get away with it, you know, and say, if you're not coming back, we're giving your job to someone else. I mean, I don't think you can do that in this day and age, but I was just, I'm on a a hit show. I mean, I've worked my whole career to get to this place. There's no way I'm going to let that slide. So I I was trying to have it all, all at once.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I completely understand that. I, I went back to work. I went back to work a month after having Rise, but it, I believe it's a little different than yours because I know you were probably running around, probably working a lot of hours. We, um, I was very lucky on my show because we do film so quickly and I just finished a heavy storyline. I would go in at, you know, 7.30 and be done by 12. Uh, So it wasn't as, I I wasn't doing full days uh, for, you know, for quite some time. But yeah, having Rise, I mean, he's obviously changed my outlook in life And in the, in the best ways possible, you know, seeing the world again through his eyes is absolutely amazing. It's, he just makes me be present even more so. It's like he makes you stop and stop thinking about all the chaos and everything around you. And it just allows you to be still, which is so great. And the other thing is I look back and I go, what did I do before having Rise? What did I do with all this time? I had all the time in the world. What did I do? But I have to say I'm more efficient now uh, with my time, you know, because I, I don't have a lot of it. And I do believe that I, I I try to give 110% everything I do now because I don't have time. So when I'm with somebody, I am with you I'm not on my phone. I'm connected to you. If I'm working out, I have the small time I'm working out. It's this, everything is in these like small little increments, but I, you know, you're making it, you're making it work as much as you possibly can. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a new world, especially technically being an only child with two, that's going to be a a, a new world and my husband's an only child. So this dynamic is going to be interesting to us, but Uh, I guess, I guess we'll see. (laughs) But you didn't find that motherhood at all
0: eroded your uh, drive, career drive?
1: I don't want to say eroded. I think, no, I, I realized I just wanted to put this, these years go by so quickly. And I don't want to miss out on that. And I look back at all these other times and you're waiting for a job. And then like, was that really important? You know, I am lucky because I am working right now. It's, you just kind of find that balance and and it just, it's now the things that I want to work on, it's just, it's shifted. Everything's kind of shifted if it's close to home. And again, it's, it's been nice to, uh, you know, there's a lot of things through social media it has been really nice. And there's a new world, you know, of like making your own content, which is, it's, it's, pretty exciting, but I'm, I'm really loving this whole motherhood thing right now. I'm really enjoying it, but I of course have to find that dance between, you know, find they still keeping my passions alive Mm -hmm. and taking care of my children and not just forgetting about me. Uh, so if you know me, it's like, I have little quotes and sayings around my house just to like, remind me, you know, just still think about, I I, I'm still human. I still need to think about me.
0: Oh, darling, it is all such a huge balancing act. And, you know, I applaud you for, uh, you know, at least appearing to walk that line with such expertise and proficiency and grace and style. You just do it so well. Social media, uh, as you were saying, you know, we're living in an age where, you know, we can create all this great content and you create some astoundingly good content. I mean, your Instagram account you have a lot of followers and, and it's no surprise and they're from all over the world, obviously. And, and the, the following that you have from the show itself is just so international and that's wonderful. Um, but it's a time consuming thing, is it not? I mean, I even find, you know, managing my little social media accounts like, so ah, you know, you, you look at your watch and it's like, How much time has gone by here? I don't know, do you have a love hate relationship?
1: I do have a love. I do have a love hate relationship. I I love it. For because I am a creative person and uh, it's a nice way to all of my other creative ideas. I can put it on there and I have complete control of that, so it's really nice. I I love it because I'm able to speak to my audience and the fans all over the world. You know, I just did an Instagram Live and find out that you have fans from Egypt and Switzerland and Trinidad and Tobago. It's it's you know pretty humbling. So that is really really nice. And for me, like as you can see on my page, my page is fun and glossy and funny. And it's, it's lighthearted. It's, it's stuff that I I want to make people happy and I want to motivate people. And, uh, and I want to also make people think too, when there's certain topics, I definitely want to talk about that too. So that's the beauty in it. Uh, yeah, the, the hate is it, it can be time consuming and, you sometimes need that detox away from it because people don't realize you end up like swiping so many times on Instagram. You realize you've been on it for ever. So I've now trained myself to, I'm not that type of influencer. Uh, I wouldn't even say that, but I'm just, that's posting stuff every single day. Uh, I post when I want to and I connect with my audience, but I just, I don't let it consume me because, uh, it can be toxic. It is a narcissistic world and seeing people not on their their cell phone. And you'd see so many people before just constantly on Instagram and taking pictures of their food and taking pictures of everything. It's nice to be able to step back from it. But of course, I think there's, it's, it's an incredible time for a lot of people. I know that, you know, it's, it's hard for a lot of independent companies and a lot of mom and pop shops are closing down, but ad spaces are, aren't as expensive and you have these other people that are coming up and it's just the right time. So it's been really interesting to watch these new designers and people kind of come in that you, you wouldn't have seen before. Uh, just, and again, we don't even know what the, the thing, the look, what, what it's going to be next, but it's, there is a wave and I, I am very excited for it. So yeah, I do have a, a love hate relationship, but I, I balance, I try to balance it out and I try not to I try not to be on it, uh, as long as I possibly can, because there's other things I can be doing, but I just, I try to time block and I don't like to be on my phone in front of my, my child. So I usually do it when he's sleeping and I'll, I'll be editing. But the thing is for me, when I'm editing and cutting a video, that just, it's, I, it's so therapeutic. I don't know. It's like, real, I love the creative styles and, you know, seeing everything and how I'm going to edit. It's, it's very fun for me, but again, a time and place.
0: What do you say to people out there who look at you and think, wow, she's got it all. I mean, you're, you're gorgeous. And I feel like, because, and because you're a member of my family and I just love you so much. I feel like, you know, there's this Yiddish thing, this Jewish thing where you go poo-poo when you say, when, when you, um, you say wonderful things about someone and you don't want to jinx them, you know, so you have to do this thing where you like spit on the ground. Poo-poo. It's like yeah, something yeah. that dates back to the old days in Poland or something. I mean, your mother-in-law. Whatever. I understand. I'm married to a Jew. <laughs> okay. So you know what I'm talking about? But, but I do say, Jackie, I mean, like, you're beautiful inside and out, no question. You've, you know, you've, you've got a gig, you've got a you know, great husband, you know, like, the, the babies, the, the, the beautiful home, the beautiful lifestyle, uh, the success, uh, the credibility in the industry. And I know that's something that you obviously really worked for. It probably didn't always come easy, that credibility. I mean, you've got a, an Emmy, award on your mantle like wow what do you say to those people that that look at you and go wow she's got it all
1: well I yeah I do I do hear that and and thank you for your uh kind words before that but I I you know I didn't always have it all and of course there's moments where it does get hard you know I'm I'm human you know, of course there's, um, there's incredible moments in my life, but there's tough moments too. And of course, Instagram only wants the happy and glossy, but I try to be more candid in these interviews or going on my Instagram live. But for me, it's like, I feel right now, like fingers crossed with things that are good in my life right now, but uh, you know, I've put in the work and I'm just trying the best that I can possibly be. I can be, I, I'm just doing what I can do. And, um, it's not always perfect. Um, I, I don't do everything right, but I really am a true believer in changing my mindset and, you know, what I, what I do appreciate appreciates and you can still have it too. You know, it's, it's, we can all do, cause I came from nothing and we can, we all make it work. So I wish I had better advice there, but I, I do have moments that I'm not perfect and I do hit obstacles, but it's just on how I look at things a little differently.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough for all your, your positivity and your, your bright presence. You just uh, really, you, you light up, uh, you light up a room. You really light up by the lives of so many of your fans who just adore you. And uh you certainly do my heart good every time I even think about you, Jackie. You're just uh, an amazing person and continued success. And good luck with uh, this baby number two. And, Thank and you. Thanks for being on this episode of Beyond Style Matters, Jacqueline McKinniswood. wood Thanks for listening. New episodes of Beyond Style Matters will be coming at you each and every week. To see video versions of the podcasts, check out tsc.ca slash stylematters. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker.